Good morning, church. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ this morning, and I pray that you have been blessed already and more to come of what God is about to do as we look into his word. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and thanking you for being here with us. And right now, continue to open our, our hearts and our minds and our ears for what you have to share with us through your word. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. To be like Jesus, hitting the mark. And what mark are we talking about? Our sermon series is this, to be like Jesus, hitting the mark. And as you see, we have targets on on stage. And you see, this past five weeks, going on our sixth week now, we have been looking at what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And there are marks, there's that bullseye, that bullseye part to where we need to hit as a believer, as a follower of Christ. And these, as you look at the screen, these are the things, as, what are these marks? To be a disciple, we need to love God, right there, hit the spot. We need to love others, other believers, we need to commit to scripture, we need to surrender to Jesus' lordship. Last week, we learned that to share the good news of Jesus, of what he's doing in our lives, and today, to be a disciple, what mark is that? What is it that we need to hit right there to be a disciple of Jesus? We need to be growing in faith by prayer. Prayer. You see, for most Christians, Prayer, this is one of the most challenging areas of spiritual discipline. I know it is in my own spiritual life. It is one thing to read scripture because, you see, we get the instant benefit of knowledge and and insight. But prayer is one of those things which requires faith. Faith. We are praying to someone we cannot see and expecting an answer we cannot control. F.B. Meyer says, and and quotes, he's a Christian author, and, and, and he says, the great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. Instead of being something that we do every day, we're talking about prayer, it should be like, Breathing, eating, talking, and and walking. It seems to me that we have become like we make this little tiny box on a glass-covered box. It's on the wall, and there's a sign that says, break in case of emergency. It is true that so very often we associate prayer with crisis in our life, don't we? I heard of a story of a man who he encountered a bit of a trouble while flying his little airplane. So he called to the, to the to- control tower and said, Pilot to tower, I'm 300 miles from the airport, 600 feet above ground, and I'm out of fuel, and I'm descending rapidly. Please advise. Over. Tower to pilot, the dispatcher began, Repeat after me, Our Father who art in heaven. Billy Graham, I like what he says about prayer. Prayer is simply a two-way conversation between you and God. Between us and God. Do you believe God answers prayer? Yes. 
odds are pretty good because you're all here in church today that you do. But what about people outside the church? Do you think we look at Americans believe in prayer? Let me give you some, some stats here. According to many public opinions, prayer is very important to Americans. In a Gallup poll, they found 90% of Americans pray. But 86% said they believe in God. Isn't that interesting? More people pray than claim to believe in God. How about in a a school system, education system? 83% said they favor prayer at graduation exercises. But 70% favor Christian prayers spoken in school. Interesting facts. But church this morning... I want to take you and and look and discover through one of Jesus' uh, parable to where Jesus talks about the importance of prayer, the command of prayer. And so this sermon, the message uh, that you'll hear this morning, it is with an easy reminder as this. Push. It's easy to remember. It's an acronym for pray until something happens. You pray until something happens. Push on, forward, and not giving up. You see, Jesus had a great deal to say about prayer, and he does have to say so much to us this morning. He, his disciples watched him, and they said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. The disciples never said, teach us how to do miracles, or to teach, or to love people. The one thing that, about Jesus' life that was so fascinating that they wanted to imitate him was his prayer life. His prayer life. And in Luke chapter 18, if you have your Bibles with you, which begin, beginning with chap, uh, verse 1 through 8, Jesus tells of this parable about prayer. And he tells his disciples. And he tells us this morning that we need to always pray and not give up. Hear what it says. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow in that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people? who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? The story begins with a widow who had an enemy who was trying to take advantage of her. It doesn't tell us the background of what it is. It could be someone trying to cheat her out of money, or it could be uh, a land that her husband had left her. But the parable, the widow did not only had a hurdle of being a female, 
She faced a terrible judge. He didn't have any fear of God, nor he cared for what other people thought about him. Our widow had no money to bribe this wicked judge, so her only option was to go before him, to go before him and repeatedly cry out, give me justice against my enemy. Give me justice. He dismissed her claim, but she kept on coming back and coming, constantly begging. And I can just imagine if this widow had a smartphone. If this widow had a smartphone right there in hand and started to tweet the judge and, and hashtag give me justice. Or maybe start texting or in Facebook and get all the friends to get, to get in, into everything. But, you know, that judge, he must have thought, oh, no, not her again. No, no. But in verse 5, the judge admits that she bothered him. The word translated uh, bothering or driving one crazy literally means, means, listen to this, poke in the eye. That woman was poking the judge's eyes out. And so what does the, what does the judge say? He, he ruled in her favor. And this morning, this morning for each of us, I don't know if you are on the edge and you're considering giving up on your marriage, on your family, or even your faith, and, and, and there seems to be no way out of situation that you're in this morning. Well, listen, church, and learn from our parable this morning and today, and because there are three prayer principles that each of us need to learn and apply it to our lives. And the first one is, don't worry, pray. Can you say that to someone else or next to you, sitting someone next to you, say, don't worry, pray. Okay, you're not all talking out there. Say something. That's easy. Don't worry, pray. There you go. You see, in this parable, the widow didn't sit, or, sit at home pouting and complaining about her problem. Instead of worrying, she got up and approached the judge, the only person who she could get some help. And in, verse, in that one verse, Jesus says, always pray and not give up. Not to give up. The NASB says, the pray and do not lose heart. The Greek translated give up means to be filled with bad thoughts. So when you think of worrying, when you worry, worrying is filling our minds with bad thoughts of the worst that, we, that could happen to us. Worry is like water. It begins to trickle of doubt that creeps into our mind. If it isn't stopped, it soon becomes this stream of fear, which creates a large a lake of paranoia, and which overflows into a river of distress, and then develops into a stream of tension. And before you know it, the flood of worry has carved out Grand Canyon in your mind. Worry, fear, paranoia, distress, tension. Are you worried already? Are you all, oh, what's going on? Isn't that what worry does to us? It does. But what, what it says, William tells us what worry is, and many of us can relate to this. Worry is faith in the negative. Trust in the unpleasant. Assurance of disaster and belief in defeat. Worry is a magnet that attracts negative circumstances. Worry is wasting today's time to clutter tomorrow's opportunities 
with yesterday's troubles. Worry is like rocking in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you never go anywhere with it. We all can relate. The Apostle Paul was stuck in a Roman dungeon. Imagine all the worries that he should be having because he's going to get his head chopped off soon. But instead, the Apostle Paul of worrying about dying, he prayed about it. And in addition of praying, he wrote a lot of wonderful letters to encourage us on how to pray instead of worrying. And he tells us in Philippians chapter 4, and as I read this, I want you to keep in mind where he's at, what's happening in his life. He is sitting and writing in a damp and dark, depressing dungeon. And he tells us, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worry into prayers. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. So when we face challenging circumstances, we have two choices. We can lose heart and give up, let worry control our mind, or we can just pray about it. Pray about it. The woman didn't have the best of circumstances, but she didn't let her, let her stop doing anything. She, she got up and did what she needed to do. I don't know what your circumstances are that you're dealing with right now. A lot of times we use our circumstances as an excuse to give up and keep worrying. I don't know about you, but we have a family that attends the, um, the, the 8 o'clock service. But if you were here last week, remember the Tawanu'u family that shared their story? Amazing story about how prayer helped them get through a situation. Imagine Tui there um, being lifeless for 13 minutes. But because of prayer, worry turned to prayers by his family and the church Ohana. Prayer, amazing. So don't worry, what? Pray. And secondly, the second principle is this, don't quit. Pray persistently. Will you say that to your neighbor? Don't quit. Pray persistently. In the parable, the the poor widow kept on begging the judge to give her justice. She didn't just ask once and say, let me know what you decide, judge. She peppered his ears with persistent petitions. Have you ever asked God for something? And when he didn't answer your prayer, immediately you quit praying? Big mistakes. Because you see, the most effective prayers in the Bible are those were prayed persistently. King David, David says in Psalm, as for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. And listen, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. David wasn't one of those one-day vitamin prayers. He wasn't. He was an all-day prayer kind of guy. Even Jesus prayed persistently. The night before he was heading to be crucified, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane pouring his heart out to his father. And that while he was there, as he was praying to God, even he was, it was intense. That there were drops of blood like sweat on his forehead, praying not just once, but three times to his father. Persistent is an important part of 
a factor in our prayer life. Persistence is valuable. It's a valuable commodity for every area of our Christian life. You see, God blesses those who persist. So for whatever you are facing, you will be facing in the days ahead, just know this, don't give up. Don't give up. You see, one of the largest organizations in America is this. There is a quitters club. The reason you've never heard of the quitters club is because they never meet. You see, the members quit coming. And there are no dues to be paid because the members quit paying them. And the Quitters Club is comprised of people who face the tough job, a tough uh, family situation, marriage, tough sickness, a tough failure, and they quit. When the going gets tough and the tough gets going, but when the going gets tough and the quitters get going away. What we need today, right now, in our country, in America, in our community, in our churches, we need people who will exhibit good, old-fashioned stick to Is there such a word? No, there is. <laughs> stick to To remain faithful. Because we serve a God who is faithful. Amen? Amen. Life is full of challenges, and I know you know that. Full of people who will tackle us, who will tackle us, and you, we will face difficult circumstances that trip your feet up from under you. The poor widow had been discouraged, but she refused to stay down. She got up persistently, made her request to the judge. We have an enemy. Each of us have an enemy who opposes you in every hand. The devil doesn't want you to pray, and he'll do everything he can to make sure you stop praying. I know that on our congregation, in our ohana here, there are many who are dealing with illness. I think of cancer, and I will continue to pray for healing because we serve a God who makes miracles. Amen. And I, we just need, and I need to just fully trust in God. First principle, don't worry what? Pray. Don't quit. Pray persistently. And thirdly, and thank you for being patient, for getting there, don't doubt. Pray positively. Say that to the person next to you. Don't doubt. Pray positively. In this parable, we are represented by the widow. We don't need to worry, and we need to be persistent in our request. But is God like that dishonest judge? Do we have to bother and intimidate God before he will answer our prayers? No, no. You see, parables not only contain comparison, but contrast as well. Jesus used this mean judge as a contrast or difference of our loving Heavenly Father. Our God is kind and compassionate, not like the wicked judge. He said, he said it in that last verse of verse 7 and 8. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? And he will answer it quickly. You must expect God to answer your prayers. Do you? 
If you don't, that you'll, that you'll receive an answer, chances are that you won't get your answer, your prayers answered. Because you see, James, we are told that when we pray for wisdom, God will give it to us generously. Have you ever prayed for patience? You know I'm talking about, and God gives it to us in many ways and forms. Then, Jesus, then James adds a powerful warning, a warning about letting doubt creep into our prayer life. He says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with a divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. But I like what 1 John tells us, a positive promise, and that we are confident that he hears us. And whatever we ask for anything that pleases him, that's the word, and since we know he hears us when we make our request, we know that he will give us what we asked for. What pleases him, that's the word. It's not what pleases me. It's what pleases him. The difference is learning to pray positively without doubting. Sadly, many Christians pray, but they really don't expect an answer. I've known of some people who have quit praying because they don't seem to get an answer. If I walk into a room and I turn on the, the light switch, wouldn't I expect the light to come on? But if it doesn't come on, I can't, I can't say to Thomas Edison, that electricity is a lie. But you see, I need to look for why the light is not coming on. I need to look at what's the problem. Is the light bulb burnt out? Is the breaker, has the breaker had been thrown or the power is out? If it seems your prayers aren't answered, don't quit praying. Start looking at why, what's the reason. It could be a wrong request. It could be this, that you may have an unconfessed sin in your life. And the timing may not be right. So church, God always does answer prayers. And I want to quickly go over this, and I want us to understand that God does answer prayers. First, he answers quickly, and that's with a yes. Don't we love that? Don't we love that? And suddenly, boom, the answer is there. But of course, this is the best type we want. We want it. And we pray for something, then we see the results. And I like it. But prayer for what God wants you to pray for will also get you a yes what god wants you and so we need to be again to be reminded that we need to listen to the holy spirit the holy spirit and his word and listen because jesus says in mark 14 he says as he prayed abba father he cried out everything is possible for you please take this cup of suffering from me yet i want your will i want your will to be done not mine Quickly, God answers our prayer quickly with a yes. But God may answer your prayer that says later, not yet. Later, not yet. When God answers your prayers in the not yet format, he's basically telling us, telling you, wait on him. It can be heard, it can be hard to hear that, the whole not yet thing, because we live in such a quick pace, I want it now, Instant, instant, instant. But God says, wait, wait, wait on the Lord. And ask, we need to make sure and ask him, and ask the Holy Spirit. And we need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you don't get what you want. You ask for because God has something better. 
something better. I like what Ruth Bell Graham says, the wife of Billy Graham says, if God answered every prayer of mine, I would have married the wrong man seven times. <laughs> so what kind of prayers are you asking or seeking? Maybe you've been praying for a long time and you haven't gotten anything better yet. In fact, there seems to be getting worse. And I know, sometimes like, is there any answer to this? But God says, wait. God always answers our prayer at the time that he will give him the greatest glory. So don't stop praying even if things seem to be worse right now. Our sense of timing is flawed, church, but God's timing is impeccable. Stay persistent. Pray persistently. He answers our prayer quickly with a yes. He answers our prayer with a later, not yet, but this is the one that we don't want to hear. He answers it with no. A no, I can hear him saying, no, I love you too much. But that's still an answer, isn't it? It's an answer to a prayer. And the Lord of the universe isn't under obligation to say yes to every prayer. That's good thing, isn't it? Consider some of the things that you have requested. Don't ever stop praying, even though when it's a no. At that point, if it's a no, start seeking him and start praying in a different direction. We may never see and understand why it's a no, but we, have, we need to be able to trust and have faith in the Lord. Because you see, knowing that God is not going to do anything to hurt us, because he loves us, and he's always going to act in our own best interest. I'd like to have the worship team come up now, and as I conclude this morning, church, the next time you're afraid of your, or your problems, your situations seem overwhelming, then turn your eyes upon Jesus. The words of the song look full in his wonderful face, and the things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Someone described to me what the Christian life is this. You start with Jesus, You stay with Jesus, you finish with Jesus. And it doesn't get better than Jesus. There comes a time in each of our lives when our struggles and our concerns, are they're just incredibly challenging, intimidating, and we're forced out to decide if we're going to quit or we're going to push forward. Push forward. Continue to push forward. Continue to pray until something happens. I know that God will not let us down. Push, pray until something happens and ask God to reveal his will for your life. What is God saying to you this morning? Are you overwhelmed? Are you worried? Are you considering quitting in the areas of your life? But God says to not worry and pray. To don't quit, pray persistently. And what else is it? Don't doubt, pray positively. So church... Every time you walk through, the, through any door that says, push, I want you to be reminded. Let God remind you to pray until something happens. Push. Push. Don't worry. Pray. Don't quit. Pray persistently. Don't doubt and pray. What is your prayer like? Prayer life like this morning? You've been given as you came in with a little a paper that looks like this. It is just a challenge. It is an, a guide, a help for many of you. Maybe I need to probably start praying. 
How can I start doing it? I don't know. Maybe this is a way to help you. The acts of prayer, using the fingers, the hands that God has given us, a way to pray, but also maybe starting off with a challenge. So this morning, as the worship team sings, I don't know where you are. Maybe there's a prayer that you need to just bring to the place of prayer, a place where God is here to meet with you. Reflect upon your life of what we've talked about, what God has shared and spoken into you. So listen, because we have a God who loves us. And we just need, I am amazed by you, God. So take everything that I have right now and leave it to you. The mark of a disciple is that we are growing in faith by prayer. And most of the times we miss that mark because we don't spend time praying and communicating with God. And I pray that this week that you will take that opportunity to say, I am going to make that time and, and hit that bullseye, the mark that is placed on us as followers of Jesus. I'd like to take this opportunity with your eyes closed and your head bowed to lift you up in prayer. If you have a prayer in your heart this morning that you want me to lift up, just raise your hand with no one looking around. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless. God knows. He sure does. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, and you have been in our presence, and we have been in your presence hearing your word and worshiping you. And Father, your words have told us to to pray always and not to give up. And Father, I pray, Lord, for each one who raised their hands this morning, for whatever situation or things that they're going through right now this morning, I just pray that you will just meet each one at their own life, Father. Help us this week to seek more of you, to hit that mark, Lord, to pray more so that we can commune and know what it's to be a disciple of you, Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity, together as our Hannah, that we can learn more about how we can need to grow in faith by praying, praying to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.